Hello, you're listening to episode 46 of the Plain Flout Podcast with Rita Hyland. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Hey there, friends. This past week, I was looking at old pictures and cleaning some things out as we moved things around for the Christmas decorations. Have you ever done that? Gotten out your old boxes and and all of a sudden, I had this flash of memories and I started thinking about, you know, what and who I was before I became an executive coach and before I started becoming and doing transformational life strategy with leaders to make their own life-changing impact in their work. Before I began doing work I love, before I even had my coach, I was thinking of all these things, BC, before coaching. Before that, I was overworked and I worked in the corporate world, climbing the ladder in the financial industry in downtown Chicago. And as I rose through the ranks, I followed all the steps that everyone said would lead me to success. I was ambitious. I worked hard. I fully committed. And how that looked is that I worked really hard to please and perform and perfect all in the name of what I didn't know then a lot of validation, self-acceptance, and approval. And that did make me stand out until I burned out and my body completely shut down at one point. And it really literally would not move. I remember getting off the L train. I had worked out that morning as I always did and was actually physically, I thought at the time, in really good shape. But I recall as everyone left the platform, I was in this, my powder blue suit with this big coach heavy leather bag to carrying my stuff to work and I could not move. I'd pushed it too far. In hindsight, I now can know that this actually worked out for me because pain is often a great motivator for us human beings. And it did become the impetus and conduit for me to look at how I could actually be happy and successful without always seeking approval or overthinking or over-preparing and overextending. There was this part of me that knew deep down that I had an impact to make and I had the ability to excel. But there was also part of me that couldn't entirely understand what was holding me back. And at that point, I'd basically maxed out with the approach I was using. So I began to notice that my hard work ethic, willpower, drive to succeed was showing diminishing rates of return. Certainly it was clear at that point, the pace wasn't sustainable. And what I learned during my own struggle is that I hadn't a clue of how things really worked. And at the moment my body broke down, I began studying models of performance and transformational psychology, 
brain science, and it didn't take long for me to realize why things weren't working, why I wasn't fulfilled, why I wasn't excelling like I used to. And what happened was after listening to a conversation and being in one for about two hours that went in a different order than I had thought, I was there in my blue suit after work interviewing a person, a coach, and what happened is she started to ask me questions. Once I was finished with that conversation, I was so floored and found it so unbelievable that the things that I had learned had never been taught to me before, that why weren't these things taught in school? And as I was looking through all of my pictures this weekend and thinking about my own kids, what I wish I had known then, what insights, if I had known them earlier, could have made my landing in the corporate world, or even as I started my own business, easier? And what could have supported getting the traction and making the impact that I wanted to make sooner? So I decided that I wanted to share four of the things that I had backwards and that I see other talented, smart, well-intentioned individuals who are in positions of leadership still getting backwards as well. And I invite you to listen to these maybe more than once because it's not just about getting it in our head because these have become a lifelong practice once you understand the insight. It's about incorporating it into your work and life so that you can break through any self-imposed thresholds of happiness or impact and success that you are completely capable of experiencing. Now, my first insight that I had never grasped because I grew up in a very conservative and and contained and well-thought-out environment was that rational is overrated. You must stop looking at what is or is likely to be in order to unlock your most powerful self Bottom line, most people will look at the past as an indicator of what can be. They say they want to be rational and reasonable and logical because that, to them, I believe has been equated with being smart in the past. I know that was for me. And then in turn, they train their brain to look for the past over and over again and to wade through the evidence. But the problem is with that, once we know how the brain works, is that they start to get more and more of the same. It's it's sort of like the elephants in Thailand, who's, I'm sure you heard, have a leash that's tied to their leg and a tree. They've got plenty of room to walk, but they are tied early as elephants. And because they've tested it and they've never been able to walk beyond a certain range, they stop testing and they've got an imprint or the facts. They're the rational body of the little baby elephant knows it can't do that. And then what happens is even when they become 11 tons and could easily move the tree, they don't because they don't believe they have the facts that show them that they can. So if you're waiting for the rational, if you're waiting for the facts, the reasonable, to guide you to unleash your fuller version, your most powerful self, you're always going to be waiting. Don't let the rational keep you from what's possible. Be irrational. You're not an elephant. Things happen or don't happen because you say they can happen or they can't happen. So be open to possibility. 
By doing so, you inform your brain, that's with a thought, that then imbues a feeling which has you take action or not. So let me give you an example. Maybe you're someone who's had an idea that you want to buy a house on the beach in Hawaii and retire early. But you say, I can't do that. And then you give a list of reasons. I got two kids. I have the money. I actually don't have enough money. I can't explore it. It's not worth it. It's not rational. I am a PhD in consumer research. That's not what I do. But someone says, what if it was possible? What would you do then? You would likely get an investment advisor to look at your real financial situation, not the one that's in your head. You'd look at the schools. Maybe you'd travel to Hawaii and you'd look at the areas that you like. And then with that information, all of a sudden, you might find out it's actually possible. And you're now living on the beach in Hawaii. This happened to my client. Take another smaller example. Woman opens the year before the pandemic begins. She runs a $1 million business. She says she wants to be at a $2 million business by the end of the year. Instead, right now, she's on track for a $3 million business in the last month of the year. Irrational things happen. If you're waiting to base it upon what's logical, in the most illogical of times, you're going to be heavily stunted. So be irrational. Look for opportunity. Inform your brain of the willingness to be open to possibility, and you will have other solutions. Rational is a very heavy-based thinking And when you're constantly in heavy-based thinking, when you're constantly looking at the past for information on how you can live your present, you can't soar. So don't let anyone tell you or encourage you to be rational. Smart leaders know rational kills opportunities. Here's the reality, and this is what I didn't understand at the time, is that there's really very few facts. You can prove whatever you want to prove. Can you not double your business? Can you not sell a building or sell even a business in a pandemic? Can you not be three times happier than you've ever been in in a very unusual time? Can you not play tennis in the middle of the day? Can you not work on weekends or cut your work hour by 10 hours during a week and then still do better? Can you not publish a book or quadruple your audience in a class? All of it's possible. The rational mind will say it's not. And if you live by your logical, rational mind, you will be, as I said, stunted. You'll be doomed before you even get started. That is the point. So you have to be open to the possibility, not rely on existing fact to change your your mind. Einstein said your brain's simply there to help you execute whatever your heart shows up, whatever your creativity and your intuition dreams of. We've got another insight that shifted things for me that I wish I'd known then. And I wish my children and all children were taught early that we've got emotions backwards. Most think I have an emotion and then I have a thought about the emotion. We don't just have emotions. Emotions actually come after a thought. And we have control of our thoughts, but most people don't realize this. You are the thinker of your thought. You're not the thought. You are the thinker of your thought. 
you get caught in this trap. And I watch people grieving for years on end because they allow emotions to run their life and they don't realize they've always been in charge the whole time. It's like the key to get out of jail. They will feel the emotion and then give the emotion meaning. I feel sad. That means I am not showing up or doing what I'm supposed to do. Example, I feel sad when I think about my brother. That means he is bad or mean or whatever. I feel happy when I'm with this person. That means they, I need them. There's all different types of ways, but just understand, look at the thought that precedes the emotion, not after the emotion, and take control of of your own thoughts. You, at any moment, can choose a new thought. I move my attention to, because you are where your attention is. You can move your attention to whatever you want it to be, and that will change how you feel. So I have no money. This isn't, business isn't going well. My boss is feeling this way about me. You can choose a new thought. You can move your attention. If you find yourself in a place where you don't feel good, move your attention. Third insight that I got that I didn't realize is that you can retrain your brain for a new outcome. How do you do it? The first is that You have to observe your thinking. Buddha said, observe your thinking. Challenge it. Challenge the thinking. The way you retrain your brain is that you consistently repeat with emotional imagery an event, an experience, a circumstance as though it's already been done. And there's a reason for that on a physics-based level, but I'll give the landmark study that was done by a basketball coach at the University of Chicago. There were NBA players who were challenged in the clench moments of basketball games, and he put them into three groups. The first, he had do no free throws for the entire week. The second group, he had do free throws for 30 minutes every single day. And the third group, They were to do nothing in the physical, but sit and imagine consistent repetition over 30 minutes that it was already done. The shots continued to go in and they saw perfect free throws each time. Obviously, the first group at the end of the week had done no improvement. The second group who had thrown or practiced for 30 minutes every day, they increased and improved by 24%. That third group who had simply consistently repeated with emotional imagery, as though the shot was perfect each time, they improved their rate by 23%. The rates were almost exactly the same between those practicing and those visualizing with emotional imagery consistently. And so what this shows us is the power of being able to retrain your brain. Neuroscience has proven that it simply takes these three things, repetition with emotional imagery, accepted as already done. You can retrain because when you have that thought on a physics-based level, the thought has an electromagnetic frequency, which lines up with whatever you want. So if it is that you want to have and initiate royal change within your organization, 
and you want to be the leader of that to bring that, I invite you to consider retraining your brain to retain that outcome. Because at that space, what happens is your brain opens to the possibility and then it also opens up to the ideas and solutions to make it so. If you want to simply shift something within the way you're balancing your work life, most things haven't happened because people haven't imagined them. They are spinning in what already is. And they're looking at their current reality as a indicator of what can be. And they're trying to solve the problem from their left brain. How do I get more done in this amount of time? Well, it's not really a matter of your strategy or your willpower, remember? That actually is only 12% of your actual power. 12%. The other 88% is a result of how you retrain your brain. Becoming a master of that is key. That's your third insight. Your fourth insight, the one that fourth one that changed my world is that the only thing that holds us back is our own resistance, nothing else. Clear your resistance to having it all. Clear your resistance to being happy. And by that, I don't mean changing something in the external world. Clearing your internal resistance. That can be a hard pill to swallow, that something's not happening in your external world because your internal world is resisting it. But let me tell you, the good news about it, you have complete control over that. Isn't that amazing? It's like people will say, you know, I've been anxious. And then all of a sudden, you know, they say, well, actually, everyone's been so nice the following week. It's not that everyone changed. It's that their internal world shifted. And so they're not as upset with the irritations that exist out there. It's not that, it, that, that something changed on the external. That happens all the time. People think that we need to have the external world align for us to be happy, and it actually is the exact opposite way. It's success from the inside out. It's transformation from the inside out. Clear your resistance, your upper limit of happiness or whatever result that you want. Clear your unwillingness to allow it to happen. And what does that look like? The resistance that we have is really fear. It's fear of judgment, fear of not enoughness, fear of inadequacy of failure. And when we stop fighting against failure, against not being enough, against being judged, it opens up a Pandora's box of 95% more energy and magic to be able to actually put forth the energy to have and create whatever it is we desire. So put down all the bags of resistance, let it be, and let it fly, and you will too. I'm going to give you a bonus insight, something else that's occurred to me that's not just occurred, but it was, it's been the game changer in this last decade is that, and it, it goes along with everything, but I'll just fine tune it, is that Who you're being matters more than what you're doing. I actually learned that on, I think, the first time I had that conversation 20 years ago. But who you're being matters more than what you're doing. That's your identity because you can never do more than who you're being. So be the kind of identity of the person who is does the things that allow you to have what you want to have. And that's not just fame, fortune, and achievement. I'm talking about the peace, the ease, the the success and the impact 
that you want? What kind of person has that level of impact? What kind of person serves at the level that you want to serve? What kind of person, what are their characteristics of the person who's being what you desire to bring into the world? Some of them are, might exist. Some of them just imagine yourself as though you're already there and be that. In order to have that kind of experience, we have to first and foremost, it, everything happens and begins with identity. So for me and for others that I know, one thing that's helpful is putting a, a three by five pin or whatever size post-it note on your computer, identifying as if that has already experienced the identity of the type of person who has it. I'm confident in what I do. My content is in high demand. It, my product is needed. My offering is needed. I inspire others. What do we, you know, what is the identity of that person? Be it now. That's what people get wrong. That's what people get backwards. They say, I will be that when I get there. There is no there. The there is already exists. It's already done. Consider it done. There's a check mark next to it. Start operating as though it's, as it's done. Practices, all of these insights that just a few years ago, most would have considered too soft actually are now accepted and flying through organizations. Those who are not bringing the insight and applying it are falling behind. These things are standardized now, mostly because of the science that's changed the way individuals think and act. The worst part is that you can't solve a problem that you can't see. And there's a good chance that when you sit down at your laptop in the morning, that your important work is still stunted because you begin without even being aware of it. What I'm saying is use these insights. How do you apply the insights? Insight one, am I being too rational? What possibility could I be open to occurring? Insight number two, ask yourself, is your emotion running you? If it is, say, that's just my primal brain, identify it as it is, take its hand, take it in from outside the street, put it to sit next to you, have her little, your little female or male primal brain sit down, not run around like a monkey, and just and say, I've got this. My emotion's not running me. I'm in charge. Third insight, you can retrain your brain for a new outcome. Challenge your thinking. What am I thinking? Is this thought that I have expanding me or contracting me? You know it's true. You know something is true because truth makes you expand. Contraction is simply resistance and fear, which goes to our fourth insight. Clear any resistance. Let go of fighting against being judged or not enough or whatever, you know, fear of failure. When you, most people don't even realize that they are, they're so in the fishbowl of fear, they don't even realize that they're in it. Call it what it is. Awareness is 90% of the game. The fifth insight has to do with who you're being matters. And simply ask yourself a very simple question. Who do you need to be in order to do what you say and want? Who do I need to be in advance? Your identity is powerful and it operates again. You don't become that identity. You don't become a seven-figure earner. You don't become a 
CEO. You don't become the visionary who's created the new not-for-profit organization. You are it now. And then the wave flies out. What I want you to know is that regardless of how much success you've already had, how much money you've already made, how senior your title is, you are capable of much more than you're even currently experiencing. How do I know this? Because there isn't an individual I've met over the last 20 years of working with very, very talented men and women, just like you, who hasn't suffered from holding themselves back at least a little bit. You can create work, life, impact, to be whatever you want, but you need to learn to leverage your most powerful resource and move beyond the internal resistance. What I want you to know and most miss is that if you're listening to this, it first of all tells me you care. I know you expect a lot of yourself. I know you push yourself to serve. You have a high need for connection and contribution also. And I will tell you that there's no other time with more opportunity than you have right now. And there is no time where there is a greater moral obligation for you to show up and offer what you do at your highest level of influence, impact, leadership, and be able to do it without self-sacrificing. I I can do much more than I did before I knew any of this. I can be greater. I can be of more service than when I'm doing it out of willpower or out of performing and pleasing and perfecting so to get validation externally. That's That's like, as my teacher and mentor talks about working with your pinky finger, the power of your pinky finger, pretty pitiful. It's like being the 11-ton elephant who has that much power but doesn't use it. You have something others need, and as such, it is your moral obligation to show up and offer it at your untethered level. If I asked you, as we end here, to imagine for a moment right now that you were fully committed to doing this, that you're fully committed to doing what it is that you know deep down you are capable of deep down. You know, you have a voice to be heard. You have impact to be made. And imagine if it was untethered. If you brought these insights to you and you actually applied them, what would it look like in your world, in your life? And for those who could be impacted by you this week, I encourage you to use these insights And the questions that corresponded, it's really like unplugging a drain. Never use that analogy, but it is. It's like, it's like taking a whole bunch of hairballs out of a drain so that it can just rush, can flow through. Like when you open something that's been clogged, the problem is, is sometimes we don't even know, you know, when there's a, a slow, there's a slow clog, you know, something's filled. We don't even realize that. And when how much better something can work when we get out of our own way. I invite you to do that. I encourage you to play amongst yourselves, delight yourself with what you find. Know that in the upcoming year, we are going to have a new opportunity for those who are looking to make a greater impact. People in positions of of, of leadership who know that by 
succeeding and transforming themselves from the inside out and are game for that because what's coming, it is true. The show is about to begin. 2021 is going to be the most powerful of times. Many have been preparing. And if you haven't, it's okay. It is time now. You've been doing the work when you didn't even know you were doing the work. Things are all happening and perfectly in line, even if it's been painful. As you saw, pain is our great motivator and impetus for change. I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast.